Hello, welcome to Quark Talk. I'm Crystal here. Culture of women. Today, what are we going to talk about? Hmm. Well, we're going to introduce a different lens on women, a hidden history of women warriors. Cool. What does that mean? Well, what about piracy? Nobody ever thinks that they were female pirates. Huh. Well, indeed there were, and we're going to unravel that one with a famous historian we have here. I'm so excited to have him um, to present his knowledge and to share the space with me to talk about uh, women pirates. So join us. So let me introduce our distinguished guest. He is the Dan and Maggie Distinguished Chair of Democratic Ideas at UH right now. In fact, I'm taking a course with him, and that's why I pulled him over. Uh, let me introduce the world-renowned visiting professor, Dr. Professor Marcus Redeker. Marcus? Welcome. Hello, Crystal. I'm now, very pleased to be with you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming all the way from Pittsburgh. That's right. So you are the uh, acting distinguished professor of Atlantic history at University of Pittsburgh. That's right. And your background. So let's get a little bit of your background before we unpack the women pirates. Um, so you grew up in the South. I did. And so you have a lot of influence. Um, growing up from a working class family. Now, I am fascinated by the fact that you say you dropped out of school and you worked in a factory before you found your niche in history. That's right. Can we talk a little bit about that before we go into sure, the women's? Sure. I uh, dropped out of college. Uh, I guess I was 19 years old. and went Why? To work, uh, because I wasn't a serious student. I had been a basketball player. I had had a severe injury. Huh. Uh, uh, but what I really wanted was real-world experience, and so I went to work in a factory, which is what all the members of my family had always done. Mm. Uh, this was a factory of about 3,500 workers in Richmond, Virginia, and as it happens, a lot uh, of my most serious education began there. I began to read much more seriously, and then finally uh, I went to night school, uh, and finished up my university degree and then went on to graduate study. Hmm. Now, were these factories uh, with women and men separated? Were you worked together? We, worked, we worked together. Uh, this was a factory owned by DuPont, and uh, there were two parts to it. On one side, they made textile fibers like nylon and Teflon, and on the side that I was on, we made, we made uh, cellophane. Huh. Wow. And I worked shift work around the clock. Wow. Can I ask you what your wage was at the time? Do you remember? It was actually very good uh, because I had one of those jobs that has now really disappeared. Oh, yeah. I, was a, uh, I was an American industrial worker. That species is almost extinct. <laughs> so I made uh, quite good money and got a lot of overtime. Okay. Well, you got more than you bargained for, maybe. Um, now, when, when I take your class, the first thing you like to um, ask us to unpack each book is, you know, what are the backgrounds of these authors? How were they influenced before they wrote this? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you what a little bit of mm. your influence was in your fascination or, or interest in the world of pirates. Yes. Well, I, as you said, I grew up in a working class family, and that had a big impact on my decision to study history from below, as we call it, meaning emphasizing the history of ordinary working people who are usually left out of the uh, national stories. Another big influence on me were the movements, the social movements of the 60s and 70s, the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement. Uh, and those kinds of movements also demanded a new kind of history. For example, the civil rights movement wanted a history that took race and slavery seriously. Hmm. And the women's movement is another major yeah. impact. And of course, that has led to a lot of history of the more numerous part of humanity. 
Right. What about personally? Was your mother an influence in the way you um, project your, you know, your perception on women or your wife or women in your life? Yes. Uh, there are a lot of strong women in my life. That's always been very important. But in terms of my specific family, um, I was the first one to have the opportunity to go to college. Okay. So no one really knew uh, quite what lay beyond. Um, when I became a professor in 1982, it was something that my family actually had a hard time understanding. Huh. I couldn't quite figure out what I actually did. Uh, so, uh, but, but I think uh, my interest in women's issues is very strongly influenced by the rise of the women's movement in mm. this country. Okay, so let's go into the world of piracy because Alin, a lot of people don't know, and you're saying that there is an a fascination based on some books that you've written that have inspired people to even think about writing screenplays, which unfortunately my ignorance to the world of piracy is reduced to films like The Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And maybe some other people feel that way too. That's so right. let's go into unpacking that world and, and what's yeah. area, what time are we talking about that you focus on? Yes. The I write about what's called the golden age of piracy, and that's basically from the 1650s to about 1730. But I more specifically have written a book about the third generation of these pirates. They were active in the 17-teens and 1720s, and they were especially important because they created a crisis in the Atlantic trading system by capturing the ships of Great Britain, France, Spain, Portugal. There were several thousand of these pirates. But what I found to be most interesting was that it wasn't only about robbery at sea. Hmm. It was unbelievably fascinating to see how pirates organized themselves in their daily activities. For example, in a time when poor people uh, really nowhere in the world had any democratic rights, pirates always elected their captain. And they could depose their captain if they saw fit. They also divided up the plunder that they took in very equal ways, hmm. in contrast to how the merchant ships and naval ships of that day were organized, where the captain would make 60 or 80 or 100 times more than the common sailor. Sailors divided, pirates divided up their uh, uh, plunder in shares. The captain got two share, the common sailor got wow. one. So it was very egalitarian. Huh. And I think this is one of the things that actually attracted a lot of common sailors to join the pirates uh, because they saw that they were really going to live in a very different sort of social world and a world that was really all about liberty. In other words, another impact uh, 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 on the pirate ship was that captains didn't have the power to flog a sailor with a cat of nine tails the way it was so common on other kinds of ships. So they limited the disciplinary violence of the ship captain. So in some ways the pirate ship was like a, uh, an antithesis of the normal ship of the day in which the lives of the common sailor were very, very hard. Uh, low wages, uh, very poor quality food, and extremely violent discipline. On a pirate ship, it was the opposite. Really? We have a photo, I think it was a painting, a rendition of a pirate ship back in those days. Um, is that a typical portrayal of what yes. it was? Yes, this is actually uh, uh, a fairly uh, famous painting of a small group of pirates on their way to attack a very big ship. Yeah. 
And this sort of sums up the courage that these people had in taking on what were really the most powerful empires of their day, uh, the Spanish Empire, the British Empire, and they captured literally thousands of ships like that, and they plundered them of all their gold and silver and other commodities. And so how do the women come on? I mean, that, I mean that, that's not a representative of the, of the entire typical pirate ship, but that was quite small. How yes. do you even have the democracy within such a small Well, that was, that was just, that wasn't really a pirate ship. That was a boat. I see. What so they, they would do out. is they would lower a small boat from their much larger ship, and they would go, okay. they would then make the attack that way. Okay. Um, but, but basically, uh, what pirates did was they, an average pirate ship would have 80 to 90, maybe 100 sailors on board. Uh, some of those people became pirates through the act of mutiny. Okay. Uh, if we could have the next image. Mm -hmm. This is a very famous pirate captain named Bartholomew Roberts, uh, who was probably the most successful pirate of the Golden Age. You can see he had a whole flotilla of ships. Mm. He's actually here on the west coast of Africa where he's disrupted the slave trade. Where was he from originally? He was originally from Wales okay. in Great Britain. He had been a, uh, a mate on a ship, and he rose to be probably the most powerful pirate of them all. Mm. Now, the British government wasn't going to stand for this. So if we could have the next image, we'll see that they ran a concerted campaign to uh, annihilate pirates. They hanged pirates by the hundreds. Mm. This is the hanging of a man named Steed Bonnet in Charleston, South Carolina in 1719. Huh. And my argument in this book, uh, Villains of All Nations, is that pirates were uh, annihilated and hanged in such large numbers, not only because they were attacking the property of ship owners, but also because their democratic and egalitarian ships posed a challenge to the way ships were normally organized. Ah, so and a threat to the way uh, the system uh, was, exactly, as always. Exactly, exactly. It's interesting that you, uh, because your other uh, very well-known book on slavery, the slave ship compared to the pirate ship are so different. Completely different. Different microcosms. Perfect. I'm so glad you see that, because the pirate ship was a space of freedom, a space of liberty. Uh -huh. So... Some people begin as mutineers, but the vast majority of people who join the pirate ship do so from a vessel that has been captured. So the pirates would take a ship, uh, and before they would even begin to plunder it, they would call all the sailors and the captain up on board, on the main deck, and they'd say to the sailors, how does your captain treat you? Ah. And if they said, if the sailor said, our captain doesn't treat us well, he beats us, that captain was in big trouble. Oh, wow. So, well, big trouble. Some, some were executed, some were flogged. Hmm. They would tie up the captain in the same place where he would flog his own sailors, hmm. and then they give that captain a beating. So the pirate was kind of an avenger of the yes. common sailor. Yes. And, and he represents that rebellious, kind of um, self empowering position of, of the. the underdogs having a chance to overthrow precisely the precisely and they caused a major crisis and believe me the uh, the authorities of these various empires wanted to uh, to take them out as quickly as they could mm -hmm. hence all these bodies hanging in chains at the entrance to every harbor anytime a merchant ship came yeah. in you would see the remains of pirates there oh. as a warning uh. from the government don't you dare turn pirate uh -huh. because this is what we'll do to you 
So but what about the glorifying of pirates, like the images of the skull yeah. and the flags of the black and... Yeah. Exactly. Well, the, the, the famous black flag, the skull and crossbones, uh -huh. comes from this generation of pirates. And that, that is called the Banner of King Death. Ooh. Yeah. So the, and the message was, we run up the black flag and, and suppose you are on a ship that the pirates want to capture. The message to you is, surrender immediately or we will kill you. Okay. Okay. So, so it the, the flag is kind of a, an instrument of terror huh. to force people to give up. And people did overwhelmingly give up because you don't want to fight these people. Right. They have very fast ships. They're very skilled sailors. And they're going to capture you sooner and later. You better just give so up don't early. Fight it. Don't fight it. Huh. Because if you happen to kill some of them right? before they capture you, when they come on board, they're not going to be in a good mood about it. <laughs> Well, the image of a pirate, you know, you don't want to mess with them. So where do the women come in? Why okay. are these two famous women? Yes, there are these two women. Their names are uh, Mary Reed and Anne Bonny. Now, they are actually quite famous in the history of piracy. Uh, Mary Reed was one of these people who was aboard a captured ship. The pirates came on board. Now, she was dressed as a sailor. Okay. She dressed as a man. She had actually had a lot of experience fighting in wars in Europe. She had been a soldier, Mary okay. Reed. Very tough, very expert on weapons, the use of weapons. So she was on board this vessel that was captured, uh, and the, the pirates did what they usually did. At, at the end of their uh, asking the sailors how the captain treat them, they would say, who wants to come with us? Ah. And so a group of people would join the pirates. And if you... Uh, spoke badly about your captain, you had better go with the pirates. So, so Anne... And, and Mary Reed joined up from a captured vessel. Okay. And uh, dressed as a man, and when she went on board, people thought she was a man. Until... Boom, boom, boom. Okay, wait, this is the whole... <laughs> Marcus, we hook the audience to tell you they're captured and they go onto the pirate ship. What happens to these women? We're going to take a break, but if you want to know about the lives of female pirates aboard these ships, don't go away. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dave Stevens, host of the Cyber Underground. This is where we discuss everything that relates to computers that's just going to scare you out of your mind. So come join us every week here on thinktechhawaii.com, 1 p.m. on Friday afternoons. And then you can go see all our episodes on YouTube. Just look up the Cyber Underground on YouTube. All our shows will show up. And please follow us. We're always giving you current, relevant information to protect you, keeping you safe. Aloha. Aloha, I'm Wendy Lowe, and I'm coming to you every other Tuesday at 2 o'clock, live from Think Tech Hawaii. And on our show, we talk about taking your health back. And what does that mean? It means mind, body, and soul. Anything you can do that makes your body healthier and happier is what we're going to be talking about. Whether it's spiritual health, mental health, fascia health, beautiful smile health, whatever it means, let's take healthy back. Aloha. Back on Quark Talk, I'm Crystal here with Professor Marcus Redeker talking about the fiercest sea robbers. 
And we're talking women here. Now, we just mentioned before the break, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, two well-known female pirates from the Anglo-American piracies from the 18th century. Now, Marcus, let's get right into these characters because I did a little research and apparently, so they, they dressed as men, but they were born illegitimate and they were raised as boys or at least to appear as boys. So exactly. that influenced that. Yes, so these women pirates, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, were like almost all other pirates in that they came from very poor backgrounds, poor working class people. And in both their cases, uh, Anne Bonny originally in Ireland mm. and then in Charleston, South Carolina, and Mary Reed in London, they had both been dressed as boys. Mm -hmm. And I guess they liked it because they went on to become soldiers and sailors and really fearsome pirates. Hmm. Now, let me tell you the story of Anne Bonny. Okay. It turns out, even though she was an illegitimate child, her father was quite a wealthy man, and uh, she was living with him in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, and she didn't like that wealthy lifestyle one bit. Oh. She was a rebel. Okay. Uh, the story was told of her that one day a, a man tried to rape her. Uh -huh. Uh, and what happened to him was that he was given such a beating by Anne Bonny that apparently he couldn't walk for many days. So this was a woman very skilled in the arts of self-defense from an great. early age. And in defiance of her father, she ran away with a poor seaman, uh, went off to sea, went to Jamaica, and there she joined a pirate vessel captained by a man with the great name Calico Jack Rackham. That's not the same Jack in Pirates of the Caribbean. It might be based on the, on him because of the style of dress, huh. because Calico Jack was a very flamboyant okay. in the way that he dressed, and uh, I think Jack Sparrow might have, been, might have been based on him. So anyway, uh, Anne Bonny discards that other sailor she had followed, okay. and she she, get, she gets on board Jack Rackham's ship. She's dressed as a man. And he doesn't know she's a woman. No, He does know, but nobody uh, else does. Okay. Then they take on board Mary Reed. So now, by, by a wild coincidence, you have two women dressed as men on the same ship, and they become very interested in each other, and then they finally let each the other know their secret. Right. Now, there's a lot of gender play here. Not Absolutely. only talking about the superficial cross-dressing, but we're talking about the interesting um, human relations of being attracted to somebody, not knowing what they are or thinking. This is like Taming of the Shrew. I mean, exactly. This is really exactly. And you want, we need to remember, too, that the ship in this day and age, the, the deep sea sailing ship, was a hyper-masculine environment. So these women were really in a tough spot. Keep, yeah. uh, so how did they gain the respect of their fellow pirates? Right. First of all, by being very good at the work they did. Uh -huh. They were strong. They were bold. They were the first to volunteer to attack another vessel. Huh. And so this gained them a lot of credibility with their fellow pirates. And I'll, I'll give you one example of, uh, of just how tough they were. Uh, they were in the Caribbean and the crew were drinking. Right? Pirates like to drink. So a lot of the crew were really drunk. Anne Bonny and Mary Reed were not. And then they see a British warship nearby. Uh -huh. The captain, Calico Jack, and most of the rest of the pirates run down into the hold of the vessel to hide, whereas Anne Bonny, Mary Reed, and one male pirate start working the cannon to fire at that vessel to try to keep them off. Well, it didn't work. They were captured, 
and the whole crew of them taken into Port Royal, Jamaica, to stand trial for piracy. And they are convicted and sentenced to death. Isn't this where they find out one of them is pregnant? Yeah, actually, they were both they were pregnant. They were both pregnant by Jack? No, not by Jack. <laughs> and Mary was pregnant by Jack. Uh, Mary Reed had her own lover on oh. board the pirate ship. See, they still make do. In they they do. And, and there's a story about her, too. Pirates had a tradition that if two people got into a, a scrap uh -huh. to prevent violence from breaking out on the ship, one of them would challenge the other to a duel, and then they would go on shore and have a duel with pistols. Oh. Okay, so Mary Reed's lover got into a, 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 a scrap with a really rugged pirate, okay. and the pirate, the other pirate challenged him to a duel, and Mary was sure that her lover was going to be killed. So what did she do? She then picked a scrap with the same rugged pirate, challenged him to a duel, and scheduled it on shore one hour earlier than the duel that was supposed to take place with her lover. She then went ashore with that other pirate in the duel, shot him dead, and she saved her lover's life wow. in that way. So, so anyway, they're both captured, okay. they're both pregnant, and that means they can't be hanged. Oh, so that's the under legal. British law. That's why they were not hanged with Calico Jack and all the rest. So the time comes when Calico Jack and the, his shipmates have all got the rope around their neck uh, and like that photo we saw earlier. Yes, exactly. Actually, is there a photo of the women that you have? Yes, the let's image? see. The, let's see the women. This is a. This is not a very realistic picture. Right. But we've got Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed. Uh-huh. And they you see the, the ships in the background and notice that they're armed. Right. They've got their cutlasses. And then we can see a more romanticized image next. The next one? Yeah. Okay, here we are. I don't think they went around bare-breasted. <laughs> but, but they didn't have bras, I'm sure. No, they didn't. But most sailors never really undressed. So, oh, okay. So, so you, that's kind you of, wouldn't know. That's a sexual rendition of this. Exactly. To show everyone it's sexualized in an effort to sell copies of the book. Huh, interesting. Okay, so at the hanging of Calico Jack Rackham, yeah. who we will remember went down into the hold of the ship uh -huh. to avoid fighting, uh -huh. <laughs> Mary Reed and Anne Bonnie are standing there to watch the hanging, and Calico Jack looks over at Mary for a look of sympathy. And Anne Bonnie responded, Jack, don't look at me like that, because if you'd fought like a man, you wouldn't be hanged like a dog right now. <laughs> I love it. You are humanized. You are... Me creating the re recreating this um, in a very uh, filmic portrayal. How do you even get their resources to find out about yeah, this information? Yeah. Well, it turns out these pirates were very popular in their own day, and several people wrote books about them. And one man in particular, named uh, a man called Captain Charles Johnson, wrote a history of the pirates based on interviews among other things, with people who had been pirates. So the stories of Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed were told to him. Uh -huh. He wrote them down, and now they exist right. in books that we can go and read. But a lot of times, the, the kind of the legend of these women are preserved in ballads and, and, and photos like that. Yes. But after a while, when things changed, when the history of women changed, and the, um, there was more uh, celebration of the, the feminine, exactly. then they turned into like a kind of a very... Ugly portrayal of the pirates. Exactly. And, and it is very important that these were, as you said at the outset, women warriors. Uh -huh. And there is a tradition in Great Britain of ballads celebrating women warriors. And it turns out historians are discovering 
that a lot more women dressed as men and went to sea, went to war, did all kinds of things that people had never before known them to have done. Mm -hmm. so, so in my view, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed are heroes. Yes, more than heroes, though. I think about all the implications and the layers because of their, their gender on the ship um, as cross-dressing uh, women warriors who were lovers and mothers and um, pirates. And I don't know what your speculation is, but I read somewhere where they implied that there was some kind of menage a trois going on between these two women and Jack. What do you think? Yeah. What's your take I, on that? I think probably not because Jack was a jealous person. <laughs> okay. and he, he was also afraid of inspiring jealousy in his fellow pirates. Uh -huh. So if he had not one but two women and they didn't, okay, that, so he would, kept it. that wouldn't have sat well. But it is important that uh, uh, in the end, Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed came out as women on board the ship. Uh -huh. And when they did, there was kind of a scandal, but in the end, their fellow pirates accepted them because they were just as tough as they were. But that's impressive. But they had to prove themselves at whatever toughness meant. I mean, they, they had to swear. They had to be able to kill. They had to lift hard things. Whatever it meant to be tough in those days, in exactly. those terms. But so what I want to know is how sexuality played out in this piracy world and whether it yeah. was a tool for them or whether it was a curse. Well, for Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, do you Not mean? particularly. Uh, I, I think the main thing that... We, the main lesson we can draw from their lives is that, like these other poor sailors who were overwhelmingly male, they managed to create a life of genuine freedom on the high seas in, in, in a way that very few women were able to do in that time. But it was also true that very few poor people could elect their own leaders. See, the other thing is, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed were real leaders on board the ship. They were always in the boarding party. They were always leading by example. Mm. And I think this is one of the things that makes them uh, really interesting for our own time. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody should make a film about them. I think so, too, and I'm surprised there haven't been anything done on that. Um, I wanted to draw it back to the larger picture of the history of women and what context. Did you have a, a, a slide or a, an image of something? Yes, that kind of there's, there's another image that appeared in a book um, of pirates published in 1725 and this is an allegory of piracy meaning a sort of symbolic rendering of pirates mm. in which you have a, a woman an armed woman beneath the Jolly Roger the black flag that was mm. frequently not just a skull and crossbones ah, but an entire skeleton, skeleton. Yeah. Uh, at the left you see bodies hanging those are the pirates who oh, have been wow. killed uh, at the right in the background, you see some burning ships, uh -huh. and you see this woman pirate striding up uh -huh. from below, uh, over these yeah. figures below. In other words, she is, she is power. She has got a sword in one hand and a torch in but the other. But she's obviously female. That's she is very, thing. very female. Well, Marcus, with our small, limited time left, there's one more image I wanted to leave with everyone. And as people see that, I just want to remind people of the beauty of, of, of the types of books you've written. Now, what is the significance of this Yeah, painting? this is a very famous painting by Eugène Delacroix, the great romantic artist in yeah. Paris. And I am convinced that he based this great painting on the previous painting of a woman holding a flag above her ah. head, and that that was actually a model. So my point is that Anne Bonny and Mary Reed inspired that allegory of piracy, okay. and that allegory of piracy 
uh, inspired one of the greatest wow. artists in all of world history. And I hope that you were inspired by all this information that you've just taken from Marcus. And if you want to know more about this, this is all um, extracted. There is a chapter in this book, Villains of All Nations, Atlantic Pirates of the Golden Age, correct? Right. Uh, by Marcus Redeker. And I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Marcus. You should Google him, really, because all of his books are so rich. You've got the slave ship, the famous uh, many... Uh, Many-Headed Hydra, that is co-written by Peter Lindbergh, and he's going to be here, too, right. to talk about it, and we're talking about it in school. Um, and just so many, so many rich uh, details on history from the Atlantic. And Marcus, I really appreciate you coming and sharing this. This is just the tip of the iceberg of people who want to know more about women in history, and we appreciate that. And That's thank right. You for sharing thank you for stories. having me on, Thank you. Crystal.